At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Philadelphia City Cast with Ryan Rothstein, presented by Bet Rivers. All right, welcome back, Philadelphia City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein, and we're approaching the big game. We're approaching the weekend, and I can't wait. Uh, and to help us, you know, kick off this week's busy week of episodes and dissecting the wagering menu at Bet Rivers, Will Hill for our weekly crossover episode with Will. He'll join me on this episode. We'll get his thoughts on uh, some of the items that he's highlighted on the wagering menu. Get his thoughts on who he expects to win the game, how the game uh, plays out in his mind, what he likes for the total and MVP and everything else that's available to you on Bet Rivers. We have a lot to get to, so let's stop wasting any more time and let's get right into Will Hill, host of the New York City Cast. Enjoy. I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm basically just in my house all day. I'll, I'll go out to the gym, but I don't talk to a whole lot of people, so I'm the wrong person to ask. I don't get the sense a few days out there's buzz for this game. There's no Mahomes. There's no Brady. There's not that great storyline. Okay, Burrow's a good story, but you know I don't know a lot of Bengals fans. I know one Rams fan, and I'm actually, even though I'm betting the Rams, I'm almost going to be rooting against my own money just because I don't want to see him win. I'm just that kind of person. Uh, do you sense any buzz for this Super Bowl You know, just a few days away here? Um, I, I do, I do, but I don't know if I'm the right person to ask either. You know, you, you don't really sense it, and, and I'm not, I'm not sensing it to like the degree of obviously when the Eagles are in the Super Bowl around here or anything like that. I mean, I, I do think it's different, but I still think there's a ton of buzz. You know, I'm getting a lot of like text messages and calls, like, "Hey, what are you doing for the game? What are your plans? People are doing this, people are doing that," and so I still think there's like the, the normal excitement. I will say this: I saw. A guy I know tweet out, he's out in L.A. He, he said, uh, yeah, I called the deli shop for a sub tray. And he said, hey, I would like a sub tray for the Super Bowl. Uh, and the deli asked, what day is that on? Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Um, in L.A., which isn't a shocker, but I thought I saw that and I was like, my goodness, that's not good. <laughs> I've tried to get Danielle Alvari, who hosts the L.A. City cast, I've tried to help her. Uh, really compromise the integrity of some of these props. Get down to SoFi Stadium. Try to find out what color the Gatorade is. Maybe scout out the national national anthem. Give me give us some insider information. She's kind of refused to do so, which uh, it doesn't really that's reflect a, well of her character. That it's really unacceptable. Yeah, it's really I mean, unacceable. How hard would it be, be to go out there? She wants to yeah, be a team get, player. You flirt come with on. the Gatorade guy. You bat your eyelashes and say, "What do you think? Yellow, purple? Give us some an idea." I mean, come on. If not now, when? Exactly. 
I mean, yeah. now, now's the time. This is it. The Super Bowl's in her it. backyard. It's time for her to to step up for the team so we can all win some money here. It's ridiculous. It's selfish. I don't want to use the word, but it's an ugly word, but it's selfish is what it is. It is. I mean, sometimes the truth hurts. You know, we, we, yeah. we just have to keep it real here on the CityCast. A hundred percent. Yep. hundred uh, percent. Anything you've bet so far? I know you like these unders. I'm kind of with you on the under. Uh, I'll give you my take in a second. Uh, anything you have in pocket so far? Yeah, I am. Uh, I've become like the under the under jerk here. Uh, the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, the Undertaker. There we go. That's much better. Um, you know, I, I was heavy on both the unders on championship weekend. But Super Bowl, if you're going to make a play on the total, uh, it just seems like the under is the, the smart way to go. And regardless of that mindset, I, I do like the under personally. So I've already placed a bet on the under at 49 and a half. I want to say I got it, but I have to double check. It's been pretty set at uh, 48 and a half. Uh, and I've also made two bets on the Bengals money line. And then I've made a bet on the Bengals plus four and a half um you know I, I tweeted out last night i saw it for the first time i saw you retweeted me i appreciate you uh the simpsons i have to double check what year that was but it looks like the an simpsons old one know everything it's unbelievable they know everything so that just solidified that just solidified my uh my thinking with the bengals there's an episode where they have cincinnati super bowl winners 34 over la 31 it's unbelievable yeah, the Simpsons, the Simpsons seem to know everything. They have all these prognostications. That should be our new handicapping angle. Just go back through all Simpsons episodes and uh, see what they aired 30 years ago. It's really unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, whether it's sporting events, uh, politics, anything, deaths, it's like they have never been wrong, it feels like. But, of course, they'll be wrong this time because I just said that. So I just jinxed them pretty good there. Sorry, Simpsons. Um no, but in all seriousness, yeah. So just to recap, I have the under. I have a couple plays on the Bengals' money line. Bengals plus four and a half. Um, Joe Burrow MVP. Cooper Cup MVP. Uh, and I'll stop there. I think there's a couple others that I ended up placing last night after you and I spoke a little bit, Will. But uh, what what do you have submitted so far, and what are you thinking about going with? You know, it's funny. This line really hasn't moved. I think there's probably some decent two-way action either. Four, four and a half, even if it gets to five, that's kind of that dead zone. Not a lot of games land on five. Really not a lot of games land on four. I have a hard time seeing the Rams lose this game. I just think they're, it's going to be a mismatch up front. I think the Bengals offensive line is really going to be outmatched by the Rams front. And if you look at the Bengals run, it's a great Cinderella story, but it kind of just reminds me of an NCAA tournament team, a 13 seed that makes a run to the Elite Eight or something. And right. uh, eventually they just get run out of the gym by one, by a top seed. You just get the, I get that feeling. Uh, they got outgained by the Raiders. They got outgained by the Titans. The Titans really should have beaten them. You go back and look at that game. And the Chiefs had them dead to right. Chiefs are up 21 to 3. They're up 21 to 10 with the ball at the one yard line. They botched the end of the first half. They get the ball to start the second half, and they really, uh, the Chiefs' offense just went into a coma. So it's a great story. I just, I'm a little skeptical of the idea the Bengals are going to finish the job and and win it all. We don't really see these Cinderella stories win it in the NFL. It would really kind of be unprecedented, I guess. Uh, you know, the 99 Rams, the 2001 Patriots, yep. to an extent, were kind of out of nowhere, but we don't see these very often. I know it's a good story. I just have a hard time seeing seeing them finish the deal here. I I, I hear you. I think. Um... You know, you look at the trenches, you look at the Rams defensive line and what they have to offer, uh, and then you just look at the track record in recent history of the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, and, and you can really stop there uh, with, with, with that mismatch and that potential of, of domination for uh, on the Rams side of things defensively. And 
you know, for me, like I was listening to the Lombardi line, our friend Michael Lombardi, obviously, and, and Dave Ross was, uh, you know, hosting today. And um, Lombardi said this, and I completely agree with him. And I think, you know, we always should defer to him anyway. But, um, you know, it, the Bengals, they're going to have to just be uber aggressive in the first quarter, first drive, first half. Uh, and and that's, that's where I think the game is going to be won or lost. Uh, more so than any other game. Like if they have a fourth and two inside their own 50 on the first drive for Cincinnati, I think Zach Taylor should go for it. Like I think this is this is an opportunity where the Cincinnati Bengals have to get a lead early. Um, you know, over the past three or four games, though, they have seemed like they're down and out and then they steal it late. So I don't know if that's a recipe for success for this one, like you said, though, Will. Yeah, you triggered something. I, I bet I did just make before we did this. First play of the game, run or pass. Uh, I actually took pass it plus money. I think these teams have two weeks to prepare. Are they just going to you know, come out first play and run it into the line? Now, I think mm -hmm. they'll be cautious early in terms of play calling, but I could see a safe pass early. I think plus money uh, is a decent bet. And I've gone through a lot of their, their games, and they throw it more than you think. They do throw it more than run at both these teams. So um, a pass at, at plus money to start the game I think is a fun one. And Why not? Always nice to get a little money in your account right before the game really kicks off. You can bet on the kickoff, the coin toss, the first play of the game. So pass plus 105 is an interesting one. And Bet Rivers, uh, hats off to them because they did a hell of a job. There's like 700 props. Some of them are really interesting. Some of them are fun. I mean, a lot of them are really good. Uh, we can go through some of them here. Do you have a favorite prop that sticks out, a player prop, anything like that? Oof, man. Uh, yes. I mean, I I should have this probably prepared. But, I mean, historically, like going back to, you know, freshman year of college, I don't know if I should even say that. But, um, you know, whatever. I, 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 the coin toss has been just something that I bet historically for a very long time in my lifetime. It's just a fun tradition. Um you know, and it's just, it feels like it's gotten more and more popular. It's always been popular, but it's just gotten more and more popular. It's just like a Are you fun. you a heads guy or a tails guy? Tails never fails. Okay. I mean, it rhymes. I don't know if it's true. It rhymes. Yeah, there it, is a theory. It, I don't know if we talked about this before. There is a theory with the Super Bowl, uh, the commemorative coin, the heads is weighted differently. It, it's weighted and it's more pronounced, the head size. So it has a, the science of it. It flips more and it's more likely to land on tails because the heads is heavier. And the, the data bears it out. He, tails is slightly ahead in terms of Super Bowl history. So uh, I know why you guys turn into the CityCast to hear the, the, the science behind the coins. There is some <laughs> is science it. to uh, tails being the play here. Yeah, this, this is inside info you're not going to get anywhere else, people. Let's just call it what it is here. And we're going to call tails. Um, so, yeah, that, that's obviously one of my favorite fun bets. But there's just, there's just so many. And I was going to ask you, Will, like, not to put you on the spot, but let's say we have a hypothetical – thousand dollars for betting this game right um and this is like a money management question here for a minute you know how how should we divvy that up like if we feel really strongly about the total and then we feel pretty good about betting the spread you know because you said something interesting to me yesterday about you know betters out there make sure that you're not all of your eggs you know prop eggs so to speak aren't invested on one side and you can really end up getting burned yeah, I wouldn't even say do or don't. I would just say be aware of it. If you're going to this game and say, hey, like you said, I got $1,000 to play with. If I lose, it's not the end of the world. I can you know, still pay my bills. I, I, got, a, I got a grand to play with, 100 bucks to play with, whatever. Right. I'm going to make a bunch of different bets. And if I lose, I lose. You got to be aware that some of these bets, these props especially, they are correlated. If you go into the game, uh, and again, you should map out how the game's going to go. But if you think, 
all right, the Rams are going to win. It's going to be high scoring, and you make all your bets accordingly. Uh, you could hit all your props, and you could clean house and do really well. But if you get a scenario, say like last year, you go into the game, and all right, it's Chiefs, it's Mahomes. They're going to score 30-plus points. I'm betting you know, Tyree Kill over. I'm betting Kelsey over. I'm betting Mahomes over. I'm betting the Chiefs. Uh, I'm betting all these props. Well, they scored nine points, and they didn't get in the end zone. So <laughs> you probably lost everything. I think of the Broncos-Seahawks Super Bowl you know, six, seven years ago where you go into that game, and, and I made this mistake where I was like, I feel good about the Broncos. I like the Broncos. I'm going to tie my bets to that theory well you end up losing all of them so you could win all of them you could lose all of them just be aware that you know these props sometimes can be correlated uh you know whether you're betting the Bengals. so i think mixing's going to do this this and this uh again you could win them all you could lose them all just be be aware that you know these are correlated yeah i think there's it's like important to you know cya cover your you know you know what here a little bit like you know i i sprinkled a little bit on cooper cup to win mvp and i have you know, I have a heavy bet on Bengals money line and Bengals plus four and a half, but I like Cooper Cup's odds at six to one. Uh, I think he has a decent shot. I know it's the quarterback award, but, you know, it's just about balance. And then you can find some player props you like with the Rams uh, and, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What, what props do you like, Will, uh, if we want to go into like player passing and player receiving? Well, I don't know how much time we have. Uh, I, I do want to say one more thing philosophically wise. I, I should have squeezed this in. Okay. Um, you don't want to be betting against yourself either. You don't want to say, all right, I'm going to bet Akers over carries, Michelle over carries, Henderson over carries. Now, you don't want to be – maybe you do want to be correlated. Like I said, I'm not saying do or don't. Yeah. But you also – you really don't want to go in a position where, all right, you made two bets and, and you're definitely going to lose one of them and you can – at best you can do is split. So you don't want to contradict yourself. Just be careful. Right. Uh, or just at least I would say be aware uh, that your bets are correlated. Props. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, Again, you turn into the city cast, you hear about coins and the science behind the coins. You also get to hear about punters. Uh, Huber, over 52 and a half, the Bengals punter, his longest punt. He's covered this number 13 of 20 times. It's a dome. You figure the Super Bowl, the adrenaline, adrenaline uh, they'll get some, that'll get some juice in his leg. I, I like the over for 52 and a half, uh, longest punt for Huber. And again, if you're at a party, a Super Bowl party, you're just going to be probably the coolest guy there everyone else is going to be drinking socializing you're going to be sitting there tracking the punts of kevin huber so it's a fun one to bet i, I like huber over you know the story here is burrow and look you would kill for burrow i would kill for burrow he's tremendous i think there's a good chance he's a legit legit hall of fame player mm -hmm. but he really has he's been okay he's been pretty good they've gotten they've scored five touchdowns in three games on offense one of those touchdowns is on a 20-yard field so people kind of act you know i think there's a dumbing down of simplifying things in the media where it's like oh if the quarterback if the teams win the team wins that means the quarterback played great if the team lost it's the quarterback's fault it's not like you know he's winning these games 37 34 they got five touchdowns in three games and one of them was on a short field so uh again that kind of ties into everything where uh, you know the Bengals offense hasn't been great it's been a lot of field goals uh, i'd expect them to be punting a lot and uh you get a chance here to, to get huber over uh, a number he's covered uh the majority of the times this season yeah, no, listen, I think it's a good point. Um, I also like over one and a half Cincinnati Bengals total field goals for what that's worth. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know how McPherson doesn't end up chipping in two field goals just based on what he's been able to do and based on uh, the Bengals' limitations at times on off, on offense uh, that we've seen in recent weeks. So that, that And that's what I said just to go off your point, just to wrap up this combo, Well, like the importance of the Bengals starting out hot in early and in the first quarter because they haven't been lighting the world on fire. They've just been tough. It's like they've been like Rocky Balboa a little bit. It's like we're giving them a ton of credit just for going the distance against Apollo Creed. Um, man, that's a corny Philly analogy. But 
you know, it's just true. They've just been hanging in there, hanging in there, getting knocked down, getting up, getting knocked down, getting up, and then finding ways to get these wins in, in huge playoff spots. So I'm not downplaying it, but uh, I don't know if that's a good recipe for success this week in the big game against this L.A. Rams team. No, and Burrow's a gamer, but, I mean, he threw a pick at the end of that Kansas City game. He tried to throw another pick. Remember, he's running out of bounds, and he tries to throw it out of bounds, and the ball gets dropped. Um, you know, if Mahomes punches the ball in at the end, if Mahomes scores in overtime, if Tannehill drives and scores, there's a lot of what-ifs where, you know, we're never talking about Burrow. So I just, I, I think it's fair to give the Bengals credit. They've won. Mm -hmm. I just think distributing the credit where it's like, oh, it's all Burrow. It, it, it's really not. Again, preface this with saying I would give anything to have him on my team. So Absolutely. would you. Uh, I just don't know how fair that is. I think you may bring up a good one with the field goals. McPherson's going to be, uh, you know, a hot topic. He, he's gotten a lot of attention, rightfully so, man. He just doesn't miss. It's amazing. I remember that Packer game in the regular season where he couldn't make a kick. Now you watch him, and it's just like uh, no big deal. He's a rookie. He's making these kicks to go to the Super Bowl right down the middle. None of them even, like, you know, make you nervous. They're all right down the middle. Uh, so that field goal prop interests me. I do think there's a prop out there, uh, Bengals, first half field goals over a half. That, to me, is safer. I do think they'll kick one in the first half. I would worry, again, this ties back to having a feel for the game, having an opinion on the game. I would just worry the Rams are up, you know, 14 points in the second half. In that sort of scenario, the Bengals, maybe the field goes out the window. They're more inclined mm -hmm. to go for it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think both ways are, are probably a good way to go, but maybe you can split it up and go over a half uh, for the first half field goal. You figure maybe the first half they're more conservative, they're more – you know, I, I hate the expression, take the points. But if yeah. anything, you know, I think they're more likely to kick one field goal in the first half than they are to kick two overall. Does that make sense? No, yeah, it absolutely makes sense. If that's how you see the game playing out, then um, it, absolutely. Like you and I have both been saying, um, you know, you were the first to really bring this point up that play this out in your head, however you see this going. Um, write it down even if you have to, and then look at the props that fit the mold of how you see it playing out. Um, and just go with your gut there. So I, I don't disagree with that at all, especially uh, if the if the Bengals fall down and they have to sling it in the second half. They're going to need six, not three. All right. Uh, MVP. Let's just say let's, – let's forget the quarterbacks for a second. Although I, I do think if you like the Bengals, Bur Burrow's probably got some value. Uh, yeah. I do think Cup has some value. Maybe you're over, you know, you don't want to overthink it at five, six to one. Cup's not bad, mm -hmm. uh, but just in terms of a long shot, I guess I'll go first. I think Jefferson for the for the Rams, Van Jefferson, he's on the field for like ninety one percent of their snaps. Maybe the Bengals look at it is like, look, uh, we're going to take away Cooper Cup, unlike some of these other teams who basically just let him run like a, a, a dog free in the yard where he's just running with, with nobody around him. It's unbelievable. Third and 13 against the Niners. He's just wide open somehow. Maybe the Bengals look at that for two weeks and say, Cup's not beating us. Cup is not beating us. Uh, we'll put all our attention on him. That opens things up maybe for Beckham, maybe for Jefferson. Jefferson, 16, 66 to 1 to win Super Bowl MVP. You probably need a couple Stafford interceptions or for Stafford to not play great in order for Stafford to not get the award, but Jefferson's one I have my eye on. Do you have sort of a deeper sleeper that you look at for MVP? Um, you know, I, I already made a, a small sprinkle bet on both Burrow and Cup, but then if we want to go down the board here and, and try and find some value and find that sleeper, like you said, you brought this up to me, I, and I like it. I, I like Jalen Ramsey at 70-1. to 1. Um you know, if we feel like this is going to be an, an ugly game or this is a game where Jalen Ramsey has a big pick six late in the second half and he has another interception in the first quarter and, you know, it's a 14 to 10 font, whatever it is, um, you know, it's not that far 
far off uh, and then given that value. So anyone on defense, I think, with the Rams is a decent play. You have Jalen Ramsey at 70 to 1. I would say Aaron Donald, but that's a very popular bet right now that's being bet by the public. He's at 15 to 1 at Bet Rivers. Um, so I think anyone under that mindset, Von Miller, uh, not that much of a sleeper, but he's 33 to one at Bet Rivers. You feel like he can have a big day, a, a, a fumble return for a touchdown, anything along those lines. And then obviously McPherson, um, I don't think he's going to get it. Of course, I think that's a pretty safe statement, but he's the popular sleeper bet that's being bet this week. He's 50 to one at Bet Rivers. Uh, I think we talked yesterday about the kickoff. Will it be returned? Will it be a touchback? I'm yes. just reading this now. 26 of the last 28 kicks off, kickoffs have been returned in the Super Bowl. Wow. Uh, I'm going to try to verify that, but that's what I'm seeing now. And again, this goes back to the Super Bowl. You get, you know, we mentioned the weird coin. Yeah. Uh, I've read, and I got to find the article. I've read that there is a different ball for the opening kickoff, which, I mean, people listening to this probably, oh my God, you guys are talking about the ball. But look, if you're betting this stuff, it matters. And they <laughs> yeah. use an, a different ball for the opening kickoff for the Super Bowl because it immediately after the kickoff goes to the Hall of Fame. So it's a little heavier. It's a little different. And again, you're just talking about a few yards that the, the smallest difference can make uh, all the difference in the world. And that's why some of these kickoffs in the Super Bowl do get returned. The ball doesn't go as far because they're using a different ball because it goes right to the Hall of Fame after. Again, we're getting pretty deep into it. But I like it. You want to win or you want to win? I mean, this is yeah, the stuff right. you need to know. No, I, I think it's it's great stuff, man. And and also you have to think this is not as um, you know, in, in not not like deep intel here, but you got to think the the kickoff returner, his adrenaline and how juiced up he is, and how juiced up that special teams unit is. And if there's any opportunity that he feels like he can catch it and run it at least back to the twenty he's going to do it, right? Because this is like to start the Super Bowl. It's just a different vibe. It's a di different atmosphere. Uh, and teams aren't used to covering kickoff returns that often. So maybe something weird happens and they can break one or at least set them up for good field position. So uh, after listening to you say that, it, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, and I think even if you don't bet it, if it keeps some people off thinking, oh, it's a, it's a lock for it to be a touchback, I don't understand this number, it at least explains the number a little better. Sometimes when you don't understand a number, there's a reason uh, you don't understand it. And, and there is some some data to support the fact that the kickoff uh, usually does get returned uh, in the Super Bowl. I, I don't know if people love this or people are just turning this podcast off. But look, if you're going to get into these prop bets, you got to know what you're betting. So I mean, uh, that's it's, definitely one I had my eye on. Listen, it's the, the most wagered... Um, props right now by total money and by total bets at bet rivers kickoff to result in a touchback yes is number one and no is number two so people are betting it on both sides will wait you can bet on the super bowl when did this happen yeah i think it's new yeah i think this past year or so yep i'm gonna have to look into that uh another one really getting into the weeds here but matthew stafford under five and a half yards rushing uh, this is not going to be a lot of fun to, to watch you can lose this at any time he scrambles for eight yards and you're kind of done although uh, yeah. Knees do count. And remember a couple years ago, Mahomes had like minus 25 yards in kneels uh, at the end of the game, really led to some bad beats in a game where he actually scrambled a lot. He ran for the first touchdown, uh, which Dude, I Dude, that screwed me. I think he ended with like 30 and a half and his total was like 33 and a half. Yeah, it like was that. right there. And again, these props, a yard, half a yard, it's all the difference in the world. So shop yeah. around, make sure you're getting the best number. Um, yeah, remember he, he he didn't just take a normal knee. He was trying to burn clock. And he yeah. was running backwards like eight, ten yards. To 10 yes. days. it was really uh, not. I guess funny is the wrong word. If you had the over, it wasn't funny. Uh, it, but it was if funny. you're a neutral observer, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so Stafford under. I you just don't think he's going to run a lot. If you go through his numbers, uh, 
He's run more in the postseason. He's had a couple sneaks. He's had a couple scrambles. I think that's inflating the number here. So I think Stafford, the value here is under five and a half rushing yards. Again, it's not fun to watch. You can lose this at any time, and you're going to have to sit here and hope he doesn't take off and run every play. But I think that's important to point out that, you know, what's fun to bet in the Super Bowl is sometimes not not what's profitable. These books know what's fun. They know what you want to bet. Yep. You know, yes on a safety, yes on overtime. Sometimes it's better to just bet on the boring stuff. That's kind of where the value lies. One other I, that I do like as well, uh, and there's some, quote, value attached to it, not a ton, but I do like Joe Burrow anytime touchdown. Uh, if the Bengals do get inside, you know, not just inside the red zone, but inside the five-yard line, uh, I he's certainly capable. Uh, and I like the value there at 4-1, to one, and it's been bouncing around in between 4 and 5-1, to one, so that's something to look at. Yeah, I'll have to look at his rushing prop, too. I think I'm glad you brought that one up because, remember against the Titans, he got sacked nine times. And against the Chiefs the next week, he kind of weaponized the pass rush against it. Remember, he broke out and, and you know broke a few sacks, ran for 15, 20 yards, which might be a smart way to do it. He said, you know what, if I'm going to get pressure, I'm going to kind of use that pressure against me yeah. uh, and, and run instead of you know ducking into a sack. I'm just going to see nothing's to. there, and I'm going to take off and run. So, yeah, you might you might be onto something there with Burrow rushing touchdowns, rushing props. I could see Burrow going over for sure. Absolutely. No, I think you you go into detail there and, and make a great point because yeah if, if that pressure is going to be occurring which it has been against other teams it probably will again this week he's going to have to run he's going to have to make some plays with his legs yeah and sometimes if you if you get pressure these guys are all very cautious about it get, getting roughing the passer we know how delicate you have to be when you rush the passer sometimes that can work against them remember Eli Manning in that Patriots Super Bowl where you go and you, you get your hands on him you kind of get him wrapped up and you let him get away mm -hmm. that could lead to a run too is where that that pressure gets you know works against you if you get pressure but you don't finish the job and get him down that could lead to a run the other way Absolutely. Yeah, it's all it. Wow, here it is. Oh, well total rushing attempts Joe Burrow uh set at two and a half uh, I'm trying to find his yards, but uh, nonetheless, I still like over two and a half rushing attempts. Yeah, I do, I do too. You get a fourth and one, maybe fourth and goal from the one. You get a, yeah. a QB sneak, another one where he just takes off. Uh, that's one I, I think is interesting. And chase rushing is another one. I think his rushing prop is four and a half, five and a half yards, something like that. You figure it's a Super Bowl. They got two weeks off. Chase is their most dynamic playmaker. He might be the best receiver in the league. He is so damn He's good. Unbelievable. Uh, you, you figure you come up with a way to just get the ball in his hands, kind of like the Niners do with Debo Samuel, where you get him on a reverse, some sort of trick play. Uh, all it would take was was one good carry for Chase, and you can get over that. So Chase rushing would be another one I would definitely look at. Yeah, and I think it was at a very reasonable number. I want to say like seven and a half or eight and a half. So uh, I think there's there's good potential there. And again, if you get like a bubble screen where they throw it backwards, they can technically count that as a run too. So yep. yeah, that's definitely one uh, one to take a look at. The Rams rushing props are interesting because Akers really hasn't been practicing. He's had some fumbles. Uh, remember the Bengals, they got back into that Chiefs game by dropping eight and rushing three. So you figure there's some room for running if you're the Rams. You just don't know who's going to get the carries. Michelle's been kind of meh. There's whispers that Daryl Henderson could be back here and be healthy. So uh, I'm looking at for some rushing props for the Rams. I just don't know who's going to carry the mail. Maybe Henderson's a sleeper here to you know to, to score a touchdown. I don't know what his odds for MVP are if you're looking for a real deep sleeper. But I uh, remember Henderson was the lead back for most of the year, and if Akers isn't healthy or hasn't played well, uh, you know that could be could be one to look at. He's five to one to score an anytime touchdown. So I think that's definitely a a decent play to look at. Then you have. Uh, Sony Michelle, which I do like, uh, he was right around three to one for an anytime touchdown. And I'll throw out Matthew Stafford since we we 
you know, put Joe Burrow out there for the listeners. Matthew Stafford, anytime touchdown, uh, seven to one. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, that, that's about you know, it's about it for my props. I'll I'll go over it again. These check again. It's exhausting. I mean, it's I know. you know they got the appetizers, the desserts, the entrees. They got a specials menu. Bet Rivers has laid it all out. So it's like a diner. Um, there's menu. a lot of value from the halftime show to I mean, you could basically bet on anything. So. Uh, you got to put the work in. You got to spend the time. But there's a, a, a lot of intriguing options here for the Super Bowl. Um, you know, end of the day, I like the under. I think the Rams win the game. I, I think they probably win it comfortably. We've been pretty spoiled here the, the postseason the last couple of weeks. The conference title games were classic. The division title round was the best we've ever seen. Uh, you know, your life on the line here. Who wins the game? I'm going with the Bengals, man. Wow, I'm going with the Bengals. Uh, I, <laughs> I get all the the mountains that they have to climb here to take this team down. I understand there's a mismatch, there's some obvious mismatches, but I'm just going with my gut here. I'm I'm rooting for the underdog. I want the Bengals to win. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my uh, my gut where my mouth is here and and lay it on the line with the Bengals. Yeah, I do think you're going to get people, you get recreational money for the Super Bowl, and you're going to get people saying, you know what, I can bet a little and win a lot, so I'm going to bet the Bengals on the money line. The effect of that is by the time Saturday, Sunday comes around, you might get a cheap money line on the Rams where you could get a minus 180, yeah. minus 190, not have to worry about, look, you're going to have to lay minus 14, minus 110 anyway. Maybe you just take the money line here uh, if you're the Rams and you kind of wait it out. No, I think that's that's an excellent move. And, and if you really want to get cocky, uh, you can take the Bengals plus the points uh, and then try and wait for a good price on the Rams on the money line if you think this game could come down to a field goal like so many of them have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else for, for this one? Um, I, I don't I mean, know when this so will much. air. Harden might be a net. He might be a sixer. He might be playing for the Globetrotters. So this could age poorly, or you could look like a genius. Uh, let's just say 48 hours from now, James Harden is on what team? The Brooklyn Nets. Um, I'm with you. Unfortunately. You know, yeah, I, I would you. love to be wrong. I would love to have James Harden in Philadelphia. I'm hoping I'm wrong here in the next, you know, 24 hours, essentially from now, 48 hours. But uh, everything that I've read and, and listened to and followed from the start of this process no pun intended, all the way till today. There's just no signs that point to James Harden um, and, and Daryl Morey, I should say, pulling this off. Nets are playing pretty good ball without him, though. They've only lost nine in a row, and they lost that game by about 40 points last night to the Celtics. I don't think I've ever turned on an NBA game and seen a 28-2 score. I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> Dude, they are, they are atrocious right now. I mean, all year before uh, – Durant got hurt. It was just the Kevin Durant show. I mean, he's the best player on the planet, so that's not the worst show in the world to have. But yeah, they're 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 a dumpster fire, man. They really are. And I do think, yeah, you know, I do think there's a version of this where Durant comes back, Harden picks up his effort level, you get whatever out of Kyrie, and it, it looks a lot better here. And they're yeah. playing the Bucks for the conference finals or whatever. That doesn't. It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't no, shock me. It's no, just... listen, this nine-game losing streak, they could lose four or five more in a row. It doesn't mean they're not going to end up in the conference finals. Like, when healthy, they're going to be a very tough out. And I think that's part of the reason why the Nets are saying, um, you know, we're not trading Harden unless you give us a ridiculously high offer. Yeah, that's been kind of my take on it all year. Is they, if, whenever they lose two or three in a row, I say, you know what? They'll be fine. It'll be them versus Milwaukee. Those are the two best teams. You wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. I am starting to get skeptical. This is a long time now. I mean, they got Durant and Kyrie July of 2019. They got Harden a year ago. It just seems like they're never on the court at the same time. It just seems like it's going to be one of those what-ifs where yeah. it just doesn't work out. Things Sometimes in life, things just don't work out. Relationships don't work out. Plans don't work out. 
uh, for whatever reason. This just doesn't feel, again, they could be holding the trophy here in three or four months. But to me, I just get the sense this is not going to work in the end eventually. It just seems like they're the worst, best team that never was. <laughs> like, yeah. they're, they're just, you're right. Like, when when is all three of those guys played on the floor together? And with Kyrie 16 not playing, times. Yeah, 15, 16 times. Kyrie can't play home games. KD's hurt. Steve Nash, I'm questioning his credibility yeah. very much right now as a head coach. And I think so is that locker room. So, um, yeah, they're, they're at a fork in a road here. We'll, we'll see what they're able to do. You almost, if you're the Sixers, obviously you want Harden. He helps your chance to win this year, but I don't know if you want to give him a long-term deal. You probably don't. No. And it's almost like you're rescuing Harden. If, if this hamstring is really hurt, you're almost kind of rescuing the Nets by giving him Simmons, who I think for all of his flaws, the issues with the shooting, the issues not wanting to shoot free throws, not wanting to dunk, everything, he actually fit in pretty nicely with the Nets. Now, I'm not a huge fan of his game. I'm sure you're not either, but no. if you can put him on the Nets, he doesn't have to score. You got Durant for that. You got Kyrie for that. He can defend. He can rebound. He can play a small ball five. He would actually kind of make sense on the Nets. He would help him. He would He would absolutely yeah, he would. help him. But, you know, I, I hear people saying, you know, don't do the deal because of that. I don't agree with that, right? Like, I, I, I send Ben to to Brooklyn and I take my chances with James Harden and Joel Embiid, right? Like I'm not letting Ben scare me away from bringing in James Harden to Philadelphia, but I do think he would help him. I think he's going to help a lot of teams. Ben Simmons is a, is a bona fide all-star. I hate the yeah. guy more than anyone, but let's call yeah. it what he, what he is. He averages 16, eight and eight. Uh, he's a consistent all-star. He's one of the best on-ball defenders in the entire planet earth. Um, so yeah, he has a lot of skill sets that he's going to be useful to uh, wherever he ends up, if he ends up anywhere. Yeah, I mean the kid—he's just getting some horrible advice. This whole thing is just—it's—it's it's awful because you, you're never going to get this year back. You're pissing away money. That's the other thing too. Just come up with a—if you're going to fake whatever, fake a back injury so you get your money. Say, Do you hey, know how you much know what? money he's lost so far, Will? A lot, twenty million dollars, something like that. Thirty yeah, wow. million dollars. Very, very impressive. Nineteen million. Yeah, it's crazy. Nineteen. And you didn't have to. You could just—it's hard to disprove an injury. You just show up to camp and say, "Hey, my ankle hurts. Oh, oh my back hurts. It's yeah. hard. hamstring. They can't really take your money for that. Again, that's not the most moral thing, but it's better why than give mental away health. all this money. It's strange. It's better than fake and mental health issues. I mean, let's just call it, it what is. it is. It is. And, and there's look, you know, being booed and being afraid to shoot free throws—that's different than real mental health issues. Exactly. We're getting down an area we don't want to get to, but no. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely it's, ridiculous. It's just um, he's done a lot of questionable things, and he hasn't done a lot of questionable things, I should say. So, nonetheless, but all right, man, we went through a lot of stuff, I, and there's a lot of stuff we didn't get to because there's just so much on this wagering menu. But uh, I had fun. We taught the people too. I mean, people. I hope they got their pen and their paper out. They learned about coins. They learned about the new balls. <laughs> they, this is yeah. really. This was almost. We're almost like two professors just teaching a course. I feel. I feel very noble after this podcast. Yeah, we'll have to send this in to Harvard, Princeton, see if they want to, you know, pick us up part time. We'll see if it's even good. We might be too good for those institutions. I mean, this is really next level stuff we that gave out. True. I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, we might be above them. I mean, that's that's really how good this was. We might have to start our own university at this point. We yeah. might. Yeah, that yeah, might I be the only option. Yeah. Ryan Rothstein, enjoy the game. Enjoy the trade uh, trade deadline. Happy hunting. Thanks for doing this. Again, you can listen to him on the Philadelphia City Cast. You can listen to the mine, the New York City Cast. Ryan Rothstein, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, everyone, once again for listening to my conversation with Will Hill, host of the New York City Cast. Make sure you are subscribed 
to the Philadelphia City Cast available on all of your podcast platforms. And you can give me a follow at Wise Rye on Twitter, W I S E R Y E. I post every link to each and every episode we put out there for you. And you can also find links to all of the podcast platforms we are available to you on. A uh, busy week ahead. I plan on doing another crossover with Danielle Alvari, host of the LA City Cast. Uh, we're working on a couple other guests here. Uh, and we still have a lot more to dissect and go over as far as the full wagering menu for the big game. We'll work in some Sixers talk. Of course, they lose on Tuesday night to Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns. So we'll recap maybe some more of that game on the next episode, preview some other games still ahead. And we'll see if there is a trade between now and 3 p.m. Eastern on February 10th. I don't think there will be. It's There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of tweets, a lot of reports, a lot of sources but I think it's going to end up being a lot of nothing. Listen, I, I hope I'm wrong. We'll see. We'll get more into that maybe a little bit on the next episode. But until then, thank you all for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day, great rest of your night, and good luck on all of your bets. Peace. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.